Let's get it. Wednesday, July 3rd, 2019. Born the Battle, brought to you by the Department of Veterans Affairs. I am your host, Marine Corps veteran Tanner Iskra. Hope everyone had a good week outside of podcast land. As of this recording, I am dealing with a little bit of a stomach bug, but uh, we're going to we're gonna keep recording and we're going to charge on here and we're going to get an episode out to you. So the previous episode, not much feedback. Uh, as a matter of fact, I haven't seen a rating or review since June 12th. I'm still trying to get that bonus episode out to you uh, of Good Morning Vietnam's Adrian Cronauer and the one and the only Mel Brooks. The goal is 100 ratings and reviews. And we've been trying to get that for the better part of a couple months now. Um, and I'm counting the rating and the review as two separate points. So um, if you leave a rating, then you leave a review. That to me will count as two. Trying to get to 100 as quick as possible. It not only gets you the bonus episode, but it also gets me uh, a better tune of what you guys are listening to and what you guys want to hear. One press release today, and it's not even from the Department of Veterans Affairs, but it affects veterans in general. So I thought it'd be uh, good to share. It says the U.S. Department of Labor announces award of $48.1 million in grants for workforce reintegration of homeless veterans. The U.S. Secretary of Labor, Alexander Acosta, today announced the awarding of 149 homeless veterans reintegration program grants totaling $48.1 million. This funding will provide workforce reintegration services for more than 18,000 homeless veterans. The department will award funds on a competitive basis to state and local workforce investment boards, local public agencies and nonprofit organizations, tribal governments, and faith-based and community organizations. Homeless veterans may receive occupational skills, apprenticeship opportunities, and on-the-job training, as well as job search and placement assistance. This year, Homeless Veterans Reintegration Program awards provide 51 first-year grants totaling $16.9 million. Previous awardees will receive first and second option year grants totaling $31.2 million. Grantees in the program will network and coordinate their efforts with other federal programs such as Veterans Affairs Support Services for Veteran Families Program and the Department of Housing and Urban Development Continuum of Care Program. More information on the Department's Unemployment and Reemployment Programs for Veterans is available at www.dol.gov backslash. That's a backslash. Vets. For questions about these grant awards, please contact the Department's Kia Mason at 202-693-2606. And for more information about the Department of Veterans Employment and Training Services, VETS, please visit www.veterans.gov or follow on Twitter at VETS underscore D-O-L. And I'll, I'll leave a, a link in the blog at blogs.va.gov of the press release because it lists all the different organizations that receive money. All right, way back in episode 138, our guest, Sean Ricks of Ricks Roasters Coffee Company, stated that he admired a nonprofit called Camp Valor Outdoors. So I went and looked them up at campvaloroutdoors.org, and their mission statement said, We recognize and honor ill, injured, and wounded members of the military, active duty, retired, and veterans, and their families through adaptive and competitive activities such as guided fishing, hunting, shooting, archery, archery four-wheeling, or just simply relaxing around the campfire. All branches of the military from any generation are welcome. We understand the hurdles that veterans and their families face after military service, particularly with injuries and illness. Warriors are never alone on the battlefield and shouldn't be alone when they come back home. Healing in the great outdoors with Camp Valor Outdoors and reconnecting with fellow warriors is therapeutic and essential to healing. 
So this reminded me of my hometown uh, of Home Tools, Washington, and and I thought nothing of it because they were based in Missouri, and I'd figure I'd schedule a time to interview with them at some point. But then I got an email from this week's guest and realized that their competitive shooting team is really close, actually less than an hour away uh, out in Fairfax, Virginia. And it's been nothing but positive getting out and getting to know the organization. So this week's interview is a world-class shooter. She's a retired Army colonel who was recruited specifically for the Army shooting team. She turned that recruitment into a 29-year military career with two stints on the shooting team. She's been to world championships and was invited to Olympic trials twice. After her military career, she became the chief operating officer for Camp Valor Outdoors. So without further ado, I bring to you Army veteran, Denise Loring. So you're telling me you're, you're in radio. Not right now, oh. but I used to be. Oh, really? Yes. Okay, doing yes. what? Oh, I was in college. So you're not in radio anymore? I'm not. I'm not. But I started out as a communications major at King's College. Okay. So I worked for the college radio station and I worked a part-time job at the local public radio. I did jazz. Oh, did you? <laughs> uh, King's College. Where's that? That's in Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania. I'm originally from Pennsylvania. Oh, really? Okay. Um, did you grow up in the outdoors? I did. I did. My my dad and my brothers hunted, so you couldn't wait to turn 12 so that you could go to the hunter's safety course and get your certificate. <laughs> um, so, yeah, my the four years that I was in high school, I got a deer uh, three out of the four, which is a better better rate than my brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they like that. Yeah. Um, so, we, we met... Um, through Sean Ricks. Now, I always want to call him Rick to start off, uh, just because yes. it is Rick's Roasters. Um, so, did you did you listen to that episode? How did you hear about Born the Battle? I did, I did, because we put it out on our Facebook um, because Sean Ricks does shoot pistol for us, Camp Valor Outdoors. Oh, so, gotcha. yeah, we were all listening to it, and it was a great a great piece. So, I wanted to reach out to you to explain a little bit more about what Camp Valor Outdoors is because you were focused on his business. Yes. In, but then in, he gave you guys a quick shout out. He did. Yeah. He was, did. That was good. Cause I, <laughs> cause I always asked one of the questions, uh, you know, what's your favorite nonprofit other than yourself? Um, so Denise, getting back to your story, what, um, compelled you to join the service? Well, I was a competitive shooter in college Okay. and I was recruited by the army to come in and shoot competitively with the United States Army Marksmanship Unit. Oh, wow. So they, they recruited you just for that. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yes. Interesting. I came in, I went through, uh, jumped into ROTC. Uh, I came in with three semesters left. So I kind of had the express ROTC and came in to oh, Fort, wow. went to Fort Benning and tried out for the 1988 Olympic Games. Oh, wow. Um, tried out. So it got close. To yeah, the cut line. I, yeah. I, I, I didn't make it. I oh, think, well, I it, think I finished it. like 12th and they only take the top two. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but still, what an honor to be even trying out for the Olympics. Sure. Like, oh, know. it was a great experience. Where, where was that at? That was out in Chino, California. The tryouts were very cool. That's very cool. Um, so after, after the, uh, the tryouts, you obviously had to join the army. And, you know, of course. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I went through ROTC, uh, came in as a second lieutenant and went to the 
basic officer course at Aberdeen Proving Ground. I was an ordinance officer, maintenance, which was fine. My father had his own uh, shop for wheel alignment. So I knew I knew some basics about cars. So it just transitioned very well over to uh maintenance in the army they had a really cool museum up in aberdeen they do i love that museum yeah it's a lot of lot of really neat that are all the tanks still there you know i haven't been back in (laughs) in quite a number of years so i don't know if they still have all that equipment out there or if it's been moved to another location but yeah that that museum had an incredible small arms display yes yes my brother took me up there one time when uh when he came up he my brother was uh formerly army and then formerly air force and now he works for the marine corps as a civilian but oh my gosh yeah oh my god all he needs to do is touch out to the navy one away (laughs) one away but uh um when he was uh when he came down for some training i think in aberdeen he uh he i was stationed in quantico and he brought me up there and it was just like that's really really neat really neat museum so um was your entire career the shooting team no, no, you couldn't, you couldn't, at that time, you couldn't make a career out of it. So um, I went to Korea for a tour of duty in Korea. I stayed there two years okay, and then came back and went to the officer advance course at Aberdeen. Then I got stationed up at Fort Drum, New York with 10th Mountain Division. I needed to, I still needed to check the blocks sure. for career progression. So yeah. I needed to do uh, all those things captains are doing, sure. uh, staff work. Um, I had already gotten my company command over in Korea. Okay. So after, after a stint over in Somalia, because we did deploy, 10th Mountain did deploy to Somalia. And when I came back, I went back to the Army Marksmanship Unit for my second tour. That so, was 19, let's see, that would have been 1993. Okay, so you guys were out there uh, in Mogadishu before, because I remember the Marines were out there. And then the 10th mountain, then it was, uh, the, the, the was it the, five, the we tran- third, third ranger? Well, we transitioned over with, um, let's see. Cause I left in April. We, we went over in, in like December, January timeframe, 10th mountain, yeah. uh, sent the bulk of their forces over. I ended up going over just after the new year and then came out in April. Uh, but we were handing over to UN forces. At that time, they were bringing UN forces in. Interesting. So, so after that, you went back to the shooting team. I did. The, your yes. First, your first love. I'm. A, I'm yes. A yes, I did. It was. It was time, and uh, I was going to be trying out for the 1996 Olympic Games. Very so cool. I needed to get trained up for that. Absolutely. And. No, again, <laughs> again. Still, like I said, uh, uh, what an honor to even be considered to for the for the olympic shooting team and uh you know they take two but i'm sure to place top 10 in the country for your you know whatever what was your what was your uh match what was the what was your specialty i was shooting international rifle which is a 22 and air rifle okay very cool very cool um so you eventually became a colonel sure right yes right yeah, that's you correct know. so you had a full career um how many years uh, 29 and a half. 29 and a half. Actually. So you did pretty much the whole 30. During your time in, who is either A, your best friend, or B, your greatest mentor? 
wow, there's been so many people that I have met across my career. Um, there's been a lot of mentors mm. and there's also been some, some great best friends that I'm still in contact with now. So it's you, a great part you, about social media. Oh right? my gosh, it yeah. is. And, and you know, it was, it was fortunate for me, um, that I got to link up with one of those friends. She was working public affairs, uh, when I was, when I was at the Pentagon. And so we, we met at some event and became friends. And it just happened that when I was over in Switzerland this, this past spring, she was also over there visiting other military friends from her career. Oh, wow. And so I said, Hey, I got to get this rifle repaired and I'm coming over to Switzerland. Come on you down. You had to, to go Switzerland. to Switzerland to get a rifle repaired. Well, they, yeah, the, the long story. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do shoot a Swiss, uh, Bliker rifle for 300 meters. And, uh, I shot in the world championships this in, in last year in yeah. September. And the rifle broke in the competition. I'm like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. So, yes, I needed to take it back to the factory to be repaired. We didn't have anybody on site that could repair it. Or so, in America. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, so she came down to Switzerland and linked up with me. And we spent a week while we waited for the rifle to be repaired. And then, uh, it, you know, when you... When you get the opportunity to touch base with friends that you've known from past tours of duty, and it's you, you just pick up where you left off. Sure, you really do. Sure. And, What's and, your name? Uh, Corey Schultz. Okay, gotcha. Yes. So we find that a lot with these veterans that come in to Camp Valor Outdoors. Some of them don't have a lot of the camaraderie and. Uh, military veterans where they live. And so when we get together at a shooting match, oh my gosh, it's, it's like mm. all home week, you know, <laughs> that we just pick up where we left off and we laugh. Oh my gosh, the, the jokes and we laugh and we have a fun time. You know, I'm sure it's the same out in Kingsville, Missouri, where the, the camp is as well. They have sure. a, they have a huge campfire out there and they have the, the bunkhouse that, that the guys sleep in and the guides that come out, you know, just like on the shooting team, our red hats yeah. are the experienced shooters. We've all shot for the service teams. We've all been at the top of our game and the guides that they have out there are the same. They know the land that they're hunting, like the back of their hand. They know hunting. They know mm. how to, they know how to track game. They know where the game is going to be They're They're constantly aware of what's going on. Very so good. the warriors that come out, we try and make it as much fun as we can for them. A learning experience, but a lot of fun. Very good. Very good. Um, where, how did you, how did you find your way to Camp Valor Outdoors during your transition? After, after I retired, I stayed here in Northern Virginia and I got on the Virginia State team. It's Vifemi, V-F-E-M-I. And shot service rifle with that team. And it was at nationals that following year in 2015 that uh, I was up getting my gear packed up and uh, Dan Dutzman and Dwayne Lewis came over and started talking to me about Camp Valor Outdoors. I'm like, guys, you know, this is my first year with the Virginia team. I 
I, I may want to stick around with them. They were trying to poach you? They were. They were. And I, and I was trying to resist. That's awesome. And I'm like, you know, I can't just jump ship after one year. <laughs> so I was trying to stay true to, to, uh, to Virginia. But, you know, something resonated with what Dan was saying. And mm. Dwayne Lewis and I had shot together on the Army Reserve uh, service rifle team. That's how I finished my career in the Army Reserve. I spent the last two years shooting service rifle. So I had known Dwayne and I knew Dan from his time on the Remington team because I always saw Dan at the local matches and of course at nationals. So I knew who he was. I just didn't know anything about Camp Valor Outdoors. So I really didn't want to commit to something that I knew absolutely nothing about. Makes sense. Makes total sense. Right. So when we when we all came back from nationals, I got thinking about what's next, you know, when you're retired and I had, I had tried to pick up a civilian job and I had gone to interviews down in Washington, DC. And when you live in Manassas and you're traveling 66 East to go into DC, the traffic is just horrendous. And so I had a bad day where I had an interview in D.C. and traffic was backed up all the way in. Hmm. Like, I mean, I'm leaving myself two hours and I wow. just made the interview. So coming back out, coming on I-66 West, the traffic was just as bad. And yeah. you know what? It was at that point that I just had an aha moment. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make it on my retirement and that's it. I can do it. Yeah. I, I, I I can figure it out. So what we do with Camp Valor Outdoors, it's it's volunteer. We don't get paid. There's no staff. Even John Schwent, who is our executive director and founder, yeah. nobody gets a check. We all do this because we love what we do. We love coming out and sharing what we know about hunting, fishing, archery, and shooting with these vets. So that's just a, a life choice and a decision that I, that I made to put my heart into this. That's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. That's 66. Um, I don't live on 66 and I hear about 66. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's amazing. So tell me about your role with Camp Valor Outdoors. And for those that have never heard about Camp Valor Outdoors, what is Camp Valor Outdoors from a, from a holistic sense? Cause I know you got, there's a detachment here in Virginia and then you've talked about Missouri. Right. Um, I'm the chief operating officer for Camp Valor Outdoors. I took that role on soon after uh, deciding to make the move over to Camp Valor Outdoors and and uh, be a, a coach competitor. I could see that John Schwent was stretched to the max. I mean, this man, he's 24-7 and he runs everything from Missouri. And Dan hmm. was picked up because Dan volunteered to take the competitive shooting. Yeah. So I talked with John at length and said, okay, I'm willing to do more. I'm willing to be on staff helping you with whatever I can to get this thing uh, up, up and smooth, smooth running. Um, because as with any organization, when you're starting it and you're so small and you don't have all the people that you need and John was adamant that this is going to be volunteer, we're not going to have paid positions. So we all have to work among that construct. Yeah. So, um, 
that's that's kind of how I worked my way into the role of chief operating officer. And uh, I mean, I, I love shooting, so I knew that I was going to be helping the, the shooting program. Kingsville, Missouri is where the camp is physically located. Uh, John has 50 acres and then the adjoining properties, which are is all farmland, have allowed him to hunt. So he's got access to like a thousand acres oh, wow. out there. Yeah, it's huge. So, I mean, deer, turkey, dove. He's got his own little fishing pond. What's surrounding him? I mean, you talk about you went from 50 to 1,000. Like, it must be it's some farmland. Huge, yeah, it it's, must be huge farmland. It is farmland. And the, the farmers, you know, all this game that wants to eat their crops, yeah. you know, they, they don't mind if John <laughs> takes some warriors out there and culls the herd a little bit. So, and then, of course, with Dan coming on board here in uh, Northern Virginia, it just made sense to, to kind of focus the competitive shooting here because Dan and I can work together for clinics. We've had service rifle clinics, uh, long range uh, service pistol, and you know we're getting into some other things as well. Yeah, with all the government agencies, there's a lot of um, uh, mentors in the shooting arena. Uh, yes. I, I can imagine. Yeah, we've got a lot of seasoned shooters in this area that we can draw on for Camp Valor Outdoors. And you know, it, it's fine with us if someone doesn't want to jump on board. Everybody's life is really busy. Yeah. So not everybody wants to just jump in with both feet to Camp Valor Outdoors because they've got uh, their own families and they've got a job and but they'll they'll come out and volunteer and that's great. We that's need awesome. we need that kind of support to come out and help us. So Denise, what's one thing that you learned in service that you apply to today in your role? Well, being an officer in service, you know, you're constantly in that leadership role and you're constantly monitoring, monitoring uh, the folks that work for you. And I think we have to bring that over to Camp Valor Outdoors. I know we're always very cognizant that each of these warriors have their own individual situation with a disability or with... Uh, what's going on in their family life or what's going on at work. So we have to look out for each other and we do check in on each other when, when we have a shoot and then we go home, you know, we, we all text in that we're home safe and we all check in on each other uh, throughout, throughout the time. So it's really important to look after people. I mean, it's no joke out Absolutely. here. You came out for remembering the brave. Yeah. That's no joke when it's 95 degrees and you've got uh, the intense humidity that you find at Quantico. Absolutely. <laughs> so we that have. Was a, that was a hot day. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. It's brutal. And you had to work the pits too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so when you're on the firing line and you, you put on your, you've got your t-shirt on and then you put on a sweatshirt and then you put on this leather shooting jacket and you put a leather glove on and you're, you're out there in an open field with the sun bearing down on you we all have to look after each other make Absolutely. sure everybody's hydrated make sure everybody's handling it okay because you know a couple of the guys uh, they didn't shoot the uh, EIC because they knew they knew that they were at at a point where that was enough yeah, yeah. so you know we we do rely on each other to real quick be what's honest. eic uh the excellence in competition match that was the last match that we had on sunday afternoon we shot the gotcha. team match that morning yeah. in the heat yeah 
And then we followed it with another match, the excellence in, in competition. And, uh, you know, these guys just knew, hey, we're, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> no amount of, no amount of then, hydration is going to help this. We're, no. we're, we're done. You got and, some elderly, elder, elder statesmen yes, you know, yes. that, are, that are shooting some of these matches. Yes. Well, we, you know, we encompass all generations. And so we get all generations. Um, so, yeah. And with people having uh, their own disabilities, you know, uh, for me, I know pushing that card up and down the range, I get winded, you know, sure. I've had half my left lung taken out with a lung tumor. So oh my when I'm pushing that cart back and forth from the yard lines, I get a little winded. So, <laughs> uh, cancer survivor. I am. I had, breast- five. all right. <laughs> <laughs> I had breast cancer in 2010 hmm. and, uh, went through a couple surgeries and some radiation treatment. And, uh, so yeah. Well, congratulations on that. Thanks. That's a, that's a, that's a, you know, you're a fighter. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Um, talk to me about the remember the brave shooting match that we, that I attended. Um, I know what it's about. I was there, but for our listeners, what is, where is it? Who, who puts it on? What's it about? Remember the brave is probably, um, the most moving match that we shoot. Steve Beck is the founder and executive director of Remembering the Brave. And he felt that it's important to look after the families of the fallen. So he runs two matches. He runs one here in Quantico and he runs one out in Colorado. Okay. It originated in Colorado and then we brought one here to uh, Quantico. And the trophies are commissioned with with input from the families. So oh, wow. each of the fallen service members, and it encompasses all uh, services, uh, Steve Beck gets together with the family and friends. He, he creates a trophy with the essence of that fallen service member. And they all typically will have a connection to shooting, competitive shooting in some way. Gotcha. Or, or even just a love of marksmanship. Yeah. And so he's had family come out, uh, Gold Star family, Gold Star wives come out uh, for the matches. He puts on a great match. And at the end of it, the trophies are all lined up on the tables and each stage of the match or different matches are named for the fallen service member. So that when you win that match or that stage of a match and you get the plaque, mm-hmm. you get a, a likeness, a photo of the service member. It's their name and whatever match or stage it is. Their bio and everything. Yeah. Too. Oh, they read the bio. Yeah. Um, I know they didn't at this past remembering the brave because of time constraints. We were getting off the range at like six thirty. Uh, yeah, it was extremely late. It was extremely late. It, it was. But, but they, the the Quantico Shooting Club and, and the base has you know if, if anybody followed the the face the Instagram live that I was I was doing some Instagram live stories during the match. Um, the Quantico Shooting Club and the base both uh, promised me next year that they will read the bio so we yes. can get them on so we can we can have those on. Um, I'm staring at some of the trophies now. I was wondering why, um, like there's a, like it's like a surfboard. Uh, some have horses. There's an eagle. There's some sports. so what that is is, is basically uh, the Gold Star members having some input on who that person was. Yes, that's amazing. That's really cool. yes. Steve Steve Beck actually makes these. Um, he, he's the one that's, 
getting with the families and determining what would be the best representation. So yes, each, each one, and I'm sure on the remembering the brave website, he may have a visual image of each of these so you can actually see what they look like. But, but yes, for example, the, the one with the surfboards that's right here in front, uh, we have two gold star wives, their husbands went off to Vietnam and both were killed, uh, within a short period of time of each other. These two women did not know each other, but were introduced to each other. Yep. over over the loss of their husbands oh, as wow. gold star wives and we invite them every year here to Quantico they're from California their husbands were surfers oh wow and so that is commemorating their their husbands that's really cool that's really cool Denise is there uh, besides remember the remembering the brave uh, I mean besides Camp Valor outdoors is there any other nonprofits or veterans in the veteran space that you're excited about what they're doing for veterans? Wow, there's a lot. There's yeah. there are so many organizations, and uh, to to try and name one or two off the top of my head, um, other than other than remembering the brave, is tough. But we do link in with other organizations that are out in the Midwest that have hunting and fishing, um, because it just seems like a natural partnership for us since we hunt and fish, Hey, maybe they hunt and fish for different game or at different locations. Okay. And so we travel to hunt in different locations. We're actually uh, looking into some organizations here in Northern Virginia or Maryland because we would love to go out and hunt upland bird. So sure, we, absolutely. We, we haven't been out uh, doing a lot of hunting in this area. So we would love to partner with another organization in this area. I was wondering how someone that is, um, you know, someone with a disability that would qualify for Camp Valor Outdoors, excuse me. Uh, I was wondering, uh, you know, about somebody that was like, say from uh, Oregon or Washington or Florida, uh, that's not near the Virginia or the, or the Missouri base camp, how, but they, they qualify for the benefits of Camp Valor Outdoors. How would they, uh, take part in some of the activities? Well, for a lot of our hunts that we have, um, the transportation can be taken care of to get them out to the camp. Really? Um, wow. Yes. We, we have a partnership with an organization called Pilots for Christ. Huh. I don't know if you've heard of that one. No. They fly vets around. Now, these are small planes. These are, these are typically vets or friends of vets that have small planes. And they will fly vets from point A to point B anywhere in the U.S. Now, it might take you a little while because you're going to be up and down. Yeah. Um, but it's just an unbelievable organization for, for helping vets with transportation. So, yes. That's great to have support like that. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. And, and so vets from all over the United States can come out. We shoot in various locations. We shoot in Phoenix, Arizona, Talladega, Alabama. I saw Talladega being, yes. as I worked from NASCAR, you were like, I, was, yes. uh, I think I told you, you're like, oh, Talladega. I was like, oh, very cool. <laughs> yeah. The range is actually about five miles from the racetrack. Oh, wow. Very cool. Um, we shoot in North Carolina, Ohio, Indiana, Missouri, Kansas, Wow. So yeah. So you guys we, shoot all over. You guys, you guys bring that support all over. That's we awesome. We do. 
Um, so it's almost like you have a detachment for each, each match. <laughs> right. Right. And if we have a, if we have a collection of vets, I know Dan and I have talked about shooting down in Florida because we have some vets that are down on the East coast of Florida who would like to shoot. Yeah. And so there's camp blanding down there, which is a national guard, uh, installation, which is just out, uh, from Jacksonville. So with that in close proximity, we're trying to get enough vets that we can go down there in like January or February when it's kind of cold up here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I might have a shooter for you for that. Excellent. Uh, he's a, he was a former Marine Corps shooting team. He was my my father-in-law's neighbor. He just recently has has decided to become a snowbird. And oh. now he goes down to Florida. Well, we need to connect with him. Yeah. And then if we can get this match stood up out there at Camp Blanding, that'd be great. There you go. There you go. Um Denise, is there anything else that you'd like to add that I haven't asked that you think is important to share with the listeners? Yeah, I think for I think for veterans that are listening that that may be hesitant to come out because we do find that we've connected with veterans that for whatever reason, um, they'll they'll send emails and they'll talk to us on the phone. But when it actually comes to the day of coming out to the match, um, there's some kind of a hesitation there and I really haven't mm. figured out yet how to get past that. I know for, uh, we had this young Marine down in Texas and he's, he's got just an incredible heart, but he didn't start out that way. He was in a really dark place and mm. he's in a wheelchair and he did not want to leave his house. He was just in this dark space that veterans sometimes find themselves. Hmm. And a buddy of his got connected with Camp Valor Outdoors up in Missouri. And he said, oh, Jake, you've got to go. You have got to come out <laughs> to this hunt. And he put it off like there's hunts all year round. And this guy was going out to Camp Valor Outdoors. And Jake kept saying no. You know, he just, for some reason, mm. just wasn't ready or just didn't feel like he'd be able to do it or, yeah. um, the hesitation, the hesitation. Mm. And this guy said, Jake, I'm going to be at your house at three o'clock on Friday afternoon. You better have your bags packed because bag or no bag, you're getting in my truck. I'm, I'm putting your butt, and, I'm putting your butt outside. And we are going to Missouri. And so he showed up and he drove with Jake up to Missouri and Jake has never turned back. He just couldn't believe the opportunity and meeting the other vets and being able to talk and share with other vets. And so he has been out with us numerous times. Not only that, this guy went from sitting in a dark bedroom. Yeah. He's now a rancher. What? Yes. In Texas, he has his own ranch. His family helps him. Sure. And... That's how far he's gotten. You know, he still comes out and shoots with us. He's a great competitive shooter, but he has a ranch and now he has hosted a wild hog hunt for Camp Valor Outdoors. That's he's like, amazing. hey guys, I got these hogs on my property and we need to eradicate. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It's an awesome story. He's an awesome vet. And I think for other vets that are kind of on the fence, should I go? Should I not go? Am I going to be accepted? Am I going to be able to do it with my disability? Just come out. We make it happen. 
we've got four four um, four wheelers, golf carts. We've got those track chairs. We've got guys with disabilities that will get in that track chair, and we can get them out to the duck blind or the deer blind or anywhere they want to go over that terrain from a track chair. So there's really nothing that should be holding these vets back. And so that's that would be my message is to come out and join us. It's time we all thought differently about homeless veterans. I never thought of myself as a veteran, even though I served in the military. Because when we know who our veterans are. I never thought of myself as being at risk for homelessness, even though I lost my job and couldn't pay my mortgage anymore. When we understand how easily anyone can become homeless. I never thought of hiring a veteran, even though I was looking for someone with leadership skills and training. When we realize how valuable our veterans are and how we can each make a difference in their lives. I never thought the VA benefits I'd earned included services for homeless veterans. And when we understand that VA is here to help, we can end veteran homelessness. I never thought my life could turn around from being homeless to having safe housing and a job until I turned to the VA. If you know of or are a veteran who is homeless or at risk for becoming homeless, contact the nearest VA medical center for support at va.gov homeless or 877-424-3838. You know what I think I like most about Camp Valor Outdoors is that the staff rely on other means for income. Uh, they're already retired. They retire. They rely on their retirement income, and all the money that is donated to Camp Valor Outdoors goes to the programs that they put on. If you want to know more about Camp Valor Outdoors, you can at campvaloroutdoors.org. That's campvaloroutdoors.org, and you can see all their upcoming events on Facebook. Um, they also have an Instagram, Twitter, etc. On Facebook, you could see their upcoming schedule and on july 22nd uh, camp Valley outdoors is competing in the cmp high-powered rifle national championships at camp perry in ohio and we wish them good luck so this week's born the battle veteran of the week is charlie shalala uh, this came from an email from a previous guest david lucier who also provided a couple photos of charlie that you can find on this episode's blog at blogs at blogs.va.gov um, and if you go back and listen to the archives of David's episode, he was a Mike Force um, operator in Vietnam. Their mission was to train some of the indigenous forces within Vietnam that were being persecuted by the North Vietnamese and to actually fight back and fight back effectively. Um, and, and the Mike Force was very, very, very um, skilled in what they did. And again, you can find that all in the previous episode. So Charlie Shalala was was a was a Mike Force veteran that served with David Lucier. And he sent me a couple of photos that in an email and asked that he could be a and asked if he could be a veteran of the week, which I, I gladly obliged. Um, in these photos, he sent different captions, and I'm just going to kind of read them on here. Um, Charlie Shalala was a soldier's soldier, fearless on the battlefield, multiple combat tours. He was a highly decorated Green Beret. Awards included the Silver Star, Purple Heart, among many others. Charlie was a pretty decent cook. His favorite was pasta and red sauce. Unfortunately, Charlie Shelley was severely wounded after multiple tours. He was very alone until he died a few years later. David, thank you for sharing Charlie's story, and we honor Charlie's service. That's it for this week's episode. If you yourself would like to nominate a Born the Battle Veteran of the Week, uh, you can at just 
just email us at podcast at va.gov. Include a short write-up and let us know why you would like to see him as the Born the Battle Veteran of the Week. For more stories on veterans and veteran benefits, check out our website, blogs.va.gov, and follow the VA on social media. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Rally Point, still got to get on that. DEPT Vet Affairs, U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. No matter the social media, you can always find us with that blue check mark. Have a happy and safe 4th of July week and weekend, and we will see you next week.